This is the More Than Work podcast, where we talk all about how to gain more satisfaction in your job. It's possible to enjoy your life and your work, because business is personal. Hello, More Than Workers. We're going to talk today about how you can fight better. Yes. You are right. They are wrong. And we want you to be as influential as possible so you can get those other people, Mm -hmm. those people who are disagreeing with you on whatever topic that you want to present, you can get them lined out. I've been waiting for this topic. This is going to be great. I brought boxing gloves and Matt and I are ready (laughs) to duke it out. I brought my popcorn. So (laughs) (laughs) then he's going to watch from the seats and watch along. This is going to be great. This is going to be great. So we see this happen inside companies. We see this happen on a national stage, even uh, in politics. There's topics out there that we could throw out. We could say like, how do you feel about masking? How do you feel about vaccination? And you will see people take hardcore stances and well, let me tell you about why we should all wear masks or let me tell you why no one should ever wear masks or let me tell you why we should all vaccinate or why no one should vaccinate. Let me tell you all these issues that are out there that are actually quite complex. We tend to simplify them as humans. We try to oversimplify those issues. It can be things inside of companies. We see departments that sometimes fight with each other. Uh, We work with an organization and it was the sales team would go out and sell anything and they would sell it. And then they would go to engineering and engineering was stuck having to design anything that the sales team sold. And then that would go to the production team who had to produce the anything that the engineers struggled to produce and the sales team struggled to produce. And when those teams started to work together or not work together, when we came in, they were fighting against each other. And it was that sales team doesn't care about the company. They're a bunch of idiots. And when we talked to the production team, they would tell us the sales team's a bunch of idiots. And you talk to the engineering team, they would say the the sales teams are a bunch of idiots. When we talked to the sales team, they would tell us about how, oh, the engineering and production, they don't care about sales. They don't care about money, I guess. We just make the money for the company. And it was this oversimplified version of the actual story. So we're going to today present a different approach. A different approach. So Diana, put the boxing gloves away. Put them away. We're not going to fight. We're not going to fight. We're going to propose this different approach. And here's the approach. The approach is be curious. I don't like it. No, 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 no. Just be curious about it for a second, Diana. Stick with us here. Just wait. Don't don't dig in. Dig in. Be curious about this approach. The idea of being curious is instead of fighting, instead of speaking your position and talking about how you're right and the other person is wrong, seek out understanding from the other person of where are they coming from? And we're going to talk a lot about why that's beneficial, but let's go back to our manufacturer where the sales team and the production team, the engineering team were fighting. We put them in a room together. And they all sat together in groups. It was a sales team sat together, the engineering team sat together, the production team sat together. And we started talking about what do you all care about? And they all cared about the company. They all cared about the success of the company at the end of the day. We started also saying, you know, what, what do you wonder about the other groups in terms of how they operate? What questions do you have about why they make decisions? And they started asking each other questions. The sales team started asking, what happens whenever we we specify something that's difficult to make. What, how does that impact your group? And engineering started saying, what happens if we say, no, you can't do that? What's the impact on the customer? And what's the impact for production? And 
what happened was pretty cool because even after one meeting in the second meeting, when they came together, they all mixed up. The groups didn't sit in their own groups on the table and they started to shift their language. They went from, well, you guys do this to you guys do this and you guys do this to we do this. We are trying to figure this stuff out together. So there's a real benefit to asking questions. So today we are joined by Bethany Taff, Diana Royalty, and Matt Griswold, and we're our people-centric team, and we're going to talk about being curious. Thanks, Don. Hey, everybody. Let's get into this conversation, but I wanted to frame it just a little bit more. Not that Don didn't do a beautiful job of framing it. I think you framed. Thank, th I think you framed it very, very well. But there's. Let me tell you why I did a great job of framing it. And tell you why. <laughs> you're there's inner workings here too of other topics that maybe we've discussed before. Like maybe you're maybe you've been a longtime listener of the More Than Work podcast. We've been doing this for over a year now. By the way, uh, everybody. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's a milestone there. Oh, uh, but. I know. So you, maybe maybe you've been listening for a while and you're like, hey, this kind of sounds like difficult conversations. Yeah, I think there's an element of difficult conversations in here. This kind of sounds like that whole narrative paradigm and assigning intent and blame. Yep, I think there's an element uh, to what that is, uh, what that is as well. And speaking of the narrative paradigm, like it's if we don't have those difficult conversations, or if we don't, if we don't have the ability to have effective communication through dialogue, like this whole be curious topic here on some of the things that maybe we're emotional or passionate about, that's what helps drive and build those assigning intents, those narrative paradigms. And so if you're wondering, man, how do I avoid assigning intent and the narrative paradigms getting lost in my own mind there, then I think it starts with being able to have these types of conversations. But I do think there's a couple of things I want to set the stage with. This be curious idea, and we're, we're having conversations maybe about topics that we're passionate about. First of all, emotion's not bad. Passion's not bad. I think it's good on either, whatever, whatever your stance is, it's good to be passionate about certain things. I think that's, I think that's true. But I want to be able to do a better job of understanding what the goal is. What is the goal? Asking ourselves, what is the goal of having this conversation in the first place? And Don, I think you talked about it. You know, when we get lost in those narrative paradigms, sometimes our goal of even having the conversation at first is misaligned, right? Like, what are some what are some toxic points of have of starting that conversation, or what are some toxic goals, I guess, of having that conversation initially? What do you guys think? I think a lot of times, and I think I like the framing of difficult conversations versus being curious, because I think it refers to a mindset. Yep. If I'm going to go in and have a difficult conversation, sometimes it's about, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to debate with you. I'm going to have a debate. Mm -hmm. And the, the goal of a debate is to win. And a winning means that I convinced more people to follow me than to have the other person, than the other person convinced to follow them. So I think the mindset that we have is you're wrong and I'm right. And we're going to sit down and I'm going to explain to you why you're wrong. And I'm going to tell you why I am right. And I'm going to really dig into it. I was going to say, I was like, that was you, you explained that so eloquently, Don. My response was basically going to be, <laughs> I think it's toxic whenever, and I think we've all been there when you want to engage somebody in these conversations with the mindset of, I want to show them how stupid they are for thinking the other way. And I'll make sure that's really clear. And I'm going to point that out to them. And I think that's the, the mindset that we go into it with, a you know, a lot of times, but it's not, 
And you can kind of see how we're automatically behind the eight ball if that is the mindset. And, and, and maybe it's easier to see that in this type of format, right? It's easier to see that when you're listening to a podcast about these things like, yeah, I never want to do that. But then we find ourselves doing that. Like we come into the mindset, uh, there's definite right, there's definite wrong. There is definite winning, there is definite losing. And the reality is, I don't know if that's the goal. Is the goal to win the conversation and win the point or is the goal to gain a better understanding? And, you know, sometimes, again, I, I can just hear people going, yeah, but if they're clearly wrong, uh, you know, I'm passionate about this. I've studied that for a long time or, you know, those types of things, even and let me ask you a tough question. Even if you won the argument, did you win? Even if you win the point, did you win? Like there's a sacrifice to that too, right? Not what, if that uh, argument was with your spouse. I'll tell you that you can, you can even win a battle and lose the war there, right? That's what they're... Right. And we see that at work too, on teams and the dynamics of teams too. Like, yeah, yeah, they, they won, but man, they, they fractured a relationship or they fractured a partnership or they fractured a team dynamic or, you know, something like that. And, you know, it's Don, Don, it's that thing that we talk about too, the, the toxic, you know, you can be toxic and right the whole time. I was still right but now you're toxic. And so I think, I think part of this conversation is understanding what are we trying, what is the motivation for wanting to have these conversations in the first place? Is it coming from an emotional, passionate, trying to change your mind stance? Because if that's the case, then my best advice to you is to walk away. Yeah, let's, let's review that a little bit because we talk about toxicity and I think people recognize what toxicity is. You know, you, it, people probably work with a toxic worker. It's a person that doesn't really want to be there or they're pushing back or everything's stupid or the stupid team, stupid management team leading us the wrong direction. That's the toxic worker. Really, when we define toxicity, it's really misalignment. And as Matt said before, it doesn't mean that one direction, it doesn't mean that the management team is leading the team the right way. But if you're an employee inside of a, of a company and you disagree and you openly fight the management team's direction, you're toxic. Yeah, you're the toxic one. You could be right. You could be right. Management is not doing the right things, but it doesn't help. You're not helping the organization by fighting against it. It's the same thing here. This is, I like that you're using the word toxic, Matt, for these types of conversations, because if you go into it with the idea of I'm right, you're wrong, I'm fighting you. My purpose is for me to win. Your purpose is for you to win. You and I are misaligned in the conversation. So yeah. to avoid the toxicity, it's where do we find the alignment? What is yeah. the alignment? And the alignment can't exist if it's we're going to argue whether it should be blue or red. It can't yeah. exist. And you know, and and again, so I think I think the reason why we're even walking through this right now is is we're trying to set a baseline foundation of maybe the healthiest place to be able to come at some of these topics. The topics that we're talking about too, there's already passion, there's already emotion around it. So it's going to be heightened just a little bit. And I bet if, if you're having the conversation, this maybe isn't the first time you've had the conversation, right? Maybe this is a series of conversations. And so now there maybe there's even a little PTSD, so to speak, from the last time that we talked about this. And I can't even, and I'm starting at that level anyway. And so, you know, so, so we want to be aware of what is the goal. One of the tips that I think we give you right off the bat is understand the goal is the goal is not to try to convince the person. The goal is not to try to change their mind. The goal is to seek a better understanding. I think if we have a, you know, if we seek a better understanding, we can probably then start to create a little bit of alignment. If I seek to understand, then I can start to create a little bit of alignment from that. Doesn't mean I'm going to change their, their, the other person's mind. You know, Diana, we were talking about this earlier. Like we have, we have several instances where we just kind of think oppositely about things. It doesn't mean we avoid each other. In fact, I, I actually enjoy the dialogue. Like the, Diana and I, you know, for, for the listeners out there, we do approach things differently. We do have different 
frames of mind, but I, but I love it that we can come together because we recognize the goal. My goal is not to change Diana's mind about these different topics that we talk about. My goal is to see how in the world do you think like that? And then hers probably is the same way. Like how in the world do you think like that? But but then we gain, you know, lead, lend itself towards I'm, I'm smarter after that because I understand a little bit of where she's coming from and vice versa. I don't know if you'd add anything to that, Diana. I will add there have been times where Matt has changed my mind on something. And I think there has been times where I have changed his mind on something, but we never go into the conversation thinking that that's going to happen because that's yeah. a lose. We go into it wanting to know more about how the other person thinks and feels and where they come from so that we have a better understanding of life in general and see the other sides and other perspectives. So I think yeah. we go into it knowing that we just are getting more information. It's just information for us to use later. Yeah. And I think, I think if our goal, if we do end up changing somebody's mind, we have a better opportunity or chance of doing that by coming in with an attitude of seeking to understand that we do have a coming in have an attitude of this is where you think now, but by the end, by the time this is over, trust me, your whole world's going to shift, right? They're just buckle up, get ready for these worlds of words of wisdom. I, I honestly sometimes go into it. Like I'm ready to fight him. Let's, let's yell at him. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't do that. Cause it's, I know, I know that he's very passionate and I'm not going to change his mind. I think that's why we're able to have those conversations. I love that Diane. And that's very human, right? That's just, that's not, that's not a flaw. That's just how we look at things. Like Matt yeah. brought up the term, the narrative paradigm, you know, it's how we think we look at the world in terms of stories. And a lot of times in our story, we are the hero in our own story. And if we're the hero in our own story and we feel passionately about something, sometimes when we go into conversations, we take a hero approach and the hero approach is I'm going to save you. I'm going to save you from your misperceptions. So let me educate you. Let me tell you why you're thinking yeah. of this wrong. And then I'm going to tell you that. And then we feel like if you are fighting the hero, there's only one role that you can possibly be is the villain is the only person that fights the hero. So if I'm the hero in my story and Diana's arguing with me, then Diana becomes the villain. And then it's then once Diana becomes the villain, then everything Diana says is villainous. That's right. It's, 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 it's heading that direction. So it's, it really does require a pause and take a different mindset about what the approach is like, like you guys both talked about. I actually like being the villain. So if you want to just villainize me, it's totally fine. Don't care. She wears oh, black a lot, a I lot. Do. She really does. You know, Don, you talked about you talked about this whole idea, you know, of, of seeing ourselves as a hero and we don't want to necessarily do that. And, and I know that might go against all of the teachings that that our moms told us when we were little, like, yeah, you are the hero, like you're number one. We're not always number one. And sometimes it's unhealthy to think of it, uh, think of it like that. And and this get this kind of gets my mind going towards this next phase of the conversation. I wanted to get your guys thought on guys thought on this because there are certain ingredients to successful conversations. There are certain ingredients that need to be at play for some of these things to have successful outcomes. I think a certain amount of humility, understanding I'm not the hero, kind of like Don, you had just talked about, a certain amount of humility. Maybe if I'm coming into the conversation recognizing I might not be seeing the whole picture. This is what I do see, though. I think it's important to relay that. What do you see from your side? Because this is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm feeling. What are you seeing? What are you feeling? And seeking to understand like that. Let me just share a few of the others and then I'll get your feedback. Would you add anything to this ingredients of, for successful outcomes? Or, you know, let me know if you think you disagree with one of these. Another thing that I think is an ingredient to successful outcome is the relationship. If Diana and I did not know 
each other. We met at a coffee shop and we're like, you know what? Let's weigh, let's weigh in on some of these hefty topics. I don't know if it would end as well as, as what it is. I'd probably leave thinking she is completely off a rocker and I can't even believe I wasted that time doing that. Right. So there's go ahead. I know you. Want. I was going to say, I know you really well. And I still, every once in a while, I'm like, that dude is crazy. What is wrong with him? Right. Right. I was going to say, I almost, it might, I don't know if it always does depend on your relationship. I could see the benefits of it. And yet maybe there's a little bit of like niceness that happens when you don't know somebody as well. And you're just trying to be like, I'm going to be polite and hear this person out. And I might ask questions in a different way than with somebody that I know really well and I'm comfortable with because I might ask worse questions somebody that I'm really comfortable with but see I think but I think I think you're drawing off of another one of those ingredients to a successful outcome which was the first one which is come at it with an air of humility yeah I'm going to be a little bit more nice you know I'm going to be a little nicer I think both of those I think I think humility I think relationship is also helpful to a successful outcome voice tone and inflection Mm -hmm. some of the things we can say it's not, you know, how many of us have worked with somebody? You don't have to say who it is or what company it's for, but how many of us have worked with somebody that it's like, oh, they have to stand up and give a speech in front of their entire team about last week's performance? Oh gosh, I don't know if that's going to go well. And they might even send you the speech ahead of time and the words are fantastic. You just know that this is not going to end well. It's not, ha- it's not what we're saying. It's how we're saying it. And sometimes I think that's important for us to remember too, as we're having these conversations there's voice tone and voice inflection and your nonverbals maybe say a lot too without saying a lot. I think that's, you know, having, watching your voice inflection, your voice tone is another one. And the last one that I had here too is try to do your best as you're going into have these conversations, you're thinking about having these conversations is remove the emotion from it. Do your best to try to remove the emotion and the passion that you have behind it and come into it with this idea of, I'm I'm just, I want to, I want to educate myself. I don't want to educate you and educate myself. And I think you have a different perspective and I want to hear that perspective. So anyway, I was just thinking about that. I didn't task you with that for homework or anything, but the ingredients to like successful outcomes, those are the ones that I thought of. Would you add, alter, delete, modify any of those things there? What do you think? I like the idea. And you talked about, you know, the ingredients for successful outcomes to get, some of those are our successful outcomes. Some of those are like leading towards successful outcomes. I mean, the, the, the theme in all of that was asking questions. Yeah. Is just, is just learning to ask questions instead of jumping in on, I think this, and then presenting cases to each other and lobbying, over, lobbying opinions over to really understand it. You have to be curious. You have to ask questions. I think Bethany's excellent at this. I'm just going to give her a compliment right now because well, I, I hear Bethany when she coaches people and she goes into things, she just starts to ask questions. And I've, I've heard clients say things kind of extreme of like, well, nobody on my team cares about what they're doing here. Or, you know, this company doesn't care about us or things like that. And you'll hear Bethany ask really smart questions of like, well, I understand that you feel that way, but tell me a little bit why you feel that way. You know, how does it, how does that impact your work feeling that way? Having people unpack their positions that way helps them to see and helps you to learn. You may learn something different from somebody else. I was involved in a discussion. We we're talking about racism in Springfield. And it was a group of largely white people and then a a few people of color who were in the discussion. And the white people were saying like, I just don't think it exists. I don't see it. I don't see it here. And it wasn't, that's, 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 that becomes, that's an argument that that becomes an argument. Does it exist or does it not exist? Is it true or is it not true? And then somebody finally asked somebody the question saying, what's your experience? 
what's your experience in Springfield like? And then they started sharing some stories where we started going, wow, clearly there are some examples of racism. Some of it is, some of it is overt. Some of it is, is unintended probably, but there's definitely examples of that. And I think everybody in that conversation, it went from being a fight of taking a position hardcore one way or the other into being more of a discovery where people were, we all left the discussion feeling like we learned more and added more to our perspective. So I really think that the idea of asking questions, especially even like Diana, you said it earlier, like even when you think that other person's crazy, like that's especially when you should ask questions. Yeah, and I love that Matt even added the the nuance there of like, be mindful of how you ask the question. Um, and Bethany was alluding to that as well. I there was there was this one time I was talking to a manager and he was like, man, she's always messing this up. She's messed it up a hundred times. I cannot believe this happened. And I said, well, just go ask some questions and ask her what happened and ask her why she's doing it the way she's doing it. And he came back and he said, well, I asked her and I said, what'd you say? And he said, I asked her what the heck she was doing. And I was like, oh, oh, you asked a question, but you did it wrong. <laughs> Why are you the way that you are? Yeah. Yeah. It felt that way. It felt very accusatory. Like, do you understand the process as it's written? It's right here. Are you an idiot is right? basically so, what you're asking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I love that you added the nuance of like, be mindful of the question you're actually asking and how you're asking it because people aren't dumb. Yeah. And well, yeah, I was going to say too, because sometimes you can even ask the right question, but yeah, you're asking it in the wrong way. And I think, you know, to the point I said earlier of like, sometimes with the people I'm most comfortable with, I don't approach these conversations as well. <laughs> and so like my husband has even been, you know, said like in a, in a conversation, he's, he's like brought up the tone that I use or like the way that I ask the question. And to me, I'm like, what do you mean? This is, I asked you the right question here in this situation. I did this right. And he's like, no, but it's the way that you just said that asked the question. It was like how you, like how your voice was. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think we're, I think we're guilty of that. And I think this is why this is the best time to maybe consider those or, or, you know, I think it, it, again, it's easier to think about, think through those things. Like, yeah, that's totally true. There's, there's probably a hundred percent of the people that are listening right now that are going, yeah, you should always be mindful of that. But when you're, this is why we're talking about it now, because when you're in the moment of it, it's hard to, it's hard to catch yourself. It's hard to hear, hear if I'm asking it incorrectly or not. Sometimes we know very quickly because the conversation turns or the non, the nonverbals turn, right? But that, that's, that, that's why I think that the title of this whole thing is really important, the be curious piece, because it's yeah. kind of where your mind's at. Uh, you know, if you go into it thinking, I'm going to have a difficult conversation, sometimes you're, you're going into it thinking I'm about to fight somebody. And if you're about to fight somebody, you're in a different mindset. But if you're thinking about being curious, like, like really trying to find out, like trying to ask questions, it just, it, it, your tone comes off differently. If you're thinking about trying to really truly seek understanding of why does that, what situations have you been in where you feel that way? You know, why do you not trust, you know, this department or why do you not trust the government or why do you think that feel that this is always true or whatever the statements are, you can take somebody who gives you an outrageous statement that you know is absolutely wrong. You know it's wrong. And instead of saying, I'm going to fight you that it's wrong, if you just have the mindset of be curious, it's like, I want to understand where that comes from. You, there's, there's lots of potential reasons that that statement could have been made. Maybe the other person was just angry and they were extreme on it. And by asking a question, the other person's response might be saying, they may back off of it, say, okay, maybe not 
maybe not everybody here is lazy or something, whatever that is. Uh, but if you just ask the right, if you think of the mindset of being curious and you ask the right questions, it's, it's a little disarming, you know, it's, it's understanding that, or maybe, and, and this, let me go even more extreme, maybe we could even dare to have a little grace for the other person who maybe has a perspective that isn't particularly healthy or we agree with, but we could have a little grace because we could see from learn, well, from your perspective, I could see how you could feel that way. From yeah. your perspective, I could understand that. So I love, I love that, which kind of took me into my next area here. Another, another tidbit, maybe, and I'll get your thoughts on this. Like the reality is I'm coming into conversation, maybe from this mindset, so-and-so is coming from a conversation from this mindset. Chances are you're both kind of right somewhere in the middle there. there there's conceding, concession of points somewhere between the two, right? So Diana and I, when we're having that conversation earlier, and just it's just fresh in my mind because we just did it. I don't remember anybody, either of us going, but how can you think that? Like, it wasn't like that. It was, it, I, I think one of those tips there, and I think I caught us both doing it, is verbalize agreement. You might hear something and it's like, okay, I could get, I kind of get behind that. You might think about it. I think it's important to verbalize it. It's important to verbalize it to say, I'm totally with you on that. I think that what you just said, I think that is true and I'm with you. I think that also helps with the relationship building, even though we're still not speaking the same language, we're still not on the same page necessarily, but, but not just acknowledging the agreement, verbalizing the agreement is also a great disarmor to be able to help build a relationship and continue to seek to find common ground. We're not, we're not just polar opposites here. So, right, Diana, what do you think? I'll also add that when Matt and I were talking about this stuff and when we do talk about this stuff, we generally start off in a position where it's like, yeah, we have a strong position. We have a strong stance. This is our, our take. But by the time we're done speaking about it, we recognize that we're a lot closer to what, to each other than we ever wanted to realize. And we still didn't change our position. We still both have strong stances on, on whatever the topic was, but we actually agree on a lot of things within that topic. And I think people forget that. And you do take a strong stance when you forget that like, there's a lot of nuance within that stance and there's probably a lot of common ground in there. You just haven't explored it. I love that you, you're, you're saying I can, even if I don't agree with you, at least I can see where you're coming from. Exactly. Right. Right. You can seek for seek for that common understanding uh, that creates alignment in the conversation. So like Diana, I mean, you and Matt just had this conversation, like you literally just had a conversation jumping on before this. Can I, can I share the topic? I, I won't sure. share like, like we won't get into details of the topic, but you're yeah. literally talking about abortion, right? Yeah, there's the whole stuff going on in Texas and we both have different thoughts about how that should play out or what that means for people in America and we had a really good conversation about it. Yeah, that's that's awesome to be able to explore such a difficult topic because if you ever think about like, let's here's a mechanism for really building strong trust, trust on your team is just grab a random team member and say abortion. How do you feel, pro or con? Like, that, <laughs> no, we're not necessarily saying that. But at the end of the discussion, and you guys, you, you guys both, we jumped onto the in the middle of the discussion because we both jumped on. Bethany, I jumped onto the Zoom call kind of late, and you were in the middle of that discussion. But at the end of it, you were said, "Boy, we were just had a really good discussion about this." You said something. You said that really showed us that we have a lot more in common, and it kind of builds trust amongst us. Would you Would you agree with that? That those difficult conversations, when you successfully navigate them, builds the relationship. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I think Matt and I 
are so different and learned how to communicate with each other at work. And so now we're talking about social issues and other things that impact our lives. And I think because we do that so often, we have a better understanding of how each other works and a better understanding of each other's world and a higher level of respect for one another because it's not just this like, oh, we we think you're crazy or I think you're insane. It's a different level. So I think the idea here is to be curious as you approach these conversations. Let's think about how we can be curious instead of thinking of yourself as the hero in your own story and looking at other people as potential villains coming into your story. What we're trying to offer and suggest is maybe, just maybe, you could look at your that other people's stories and think about what character are you going to play as you explore their stories. Anyone have anything else to add on this topic of being curious? I'll just add one more thing. I think part of it is when you go into those conversations, it's always really helpful for me to just try to understand like why people are coming from a certain position, even if you disagree with it and understanding that like everybody, and I feel like I've said this over and over on our podcast, but everybody has a story and there's reasons, there's certain reasons and there's certain experiences that people have that that create these like strongly held beliefs that we get so fired up about. And I think once we start, we might, we might not, we might not know it every, everything. And I think it's good to be able to be compassionate to people and understand that they have, that they have experiences that maybe you haven't had. Um, and that's why they think a certain way. And it's not just oh, that's really stupid and that's really dumb. And I think, you know, I can't believe you would think that way. You maybe have just had a different experience than they have. And and so just trying to be compassionate and trying to learn about their life and the bigger picture outside of this one specific issue. That's great. So if you know everything, don't listen to what we just said. If you already know everything, don't listen to what we said. If you don't and you want to build trust with your team and learn from the experiences of others, we're encouraging you to be curious. So- That's it for our podcast today. Thank you. We'll see you again soon. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the More Than Work podcast. Join us next time. And in the meantime, lead well.